Listen. 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 Listen to my voice. 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 To spoken words and ambient sounds. And ambient sounds. Ambient sounds. Together, they tell a story about people and place. About plants and animals. The animals. Those are the voices I hear. About the ecological relationships within New York City. During a time of rapid change. And the way they all resonate as an interwoven network of vibrations. Welcome to the Sound Scene. Ecological stories told through sound. What is the soundscape of New York City? But not just soundscape in the sense of landscape or like background. What are the actual kind of ecological relationships that we have in this place where, where I live? Who am I entangled with living in this city as I'm walking down the street? We have a complicated and symbiotic or parasitic or exploitative, you know, relationship with other creatures. In this case, we have the rat. <laughs> and, and the rat is iconic on so many levels, you know, the rat kind of burrows its way throughout human culture. Big as fuck. And the streets are whether or not go near them. I'm scared to death of them. A disease infested. In New York we have we associate rats with trash. We associate with them with the with the subway. Maybe it runs over your foot when it's running from trash bag to trash bag. Sometimes I get spooked when they scurry across my feet when I'm walking. Maybe it steals a piece of pizza and that becomes a meme online. What I thought was a piece of squished pizza was actually a rat that had been run over and had its guts explode. It's gross. It does something uh, with our expectations of, of how things should be. Well, you know, okay, there shouldn't be this animal right there invading our space in this way. Those are the kind of associations, that there's a, an infestation, that it's vermin. We think there are vermin who are disgusting. That it's coming for us, that it's compromising in some way. It really seems like rats run the city and not the humans. It's also an animal living on its own terms within the city and is, you know, partly responsible for making the city what it is. We could probably learn from them. That's probably the irony. <laughs> Rats are living creatures just like humans, enjoying the crap that we don't. Domesticated, they're very intelligent, very smart and very cute. If I really meet one and I get to know them from the inside, I probably would sympathize, maybe even empathize with one. What is it to become rat a little bit? What is it to, <laughs> what is it to hear things from their perspectives? Does that do something for us in considering what it is that the city actually is? Today's storyteller is Brian House. I'm a sound artist and a professor of art at Amherst College. Every city hall likes to declare its war on rats. I mean, this goes back decades where there's this idea that we're gonna eradicate rats from New York City. 
And I think that approach, you know, whether it's the rat czar or, yeah, the war on rats or, you know, whether it's control of populations or extermination or, you know, this, this kind of language, it makes it about the rat. It makes it sound like it's the rat's fault. The presence of rats in a neighborhood indicates that there are other structural issues going on. There's not the attention paid by city services that probably there should be. There's human issues going on. And I, I think City Hall likes to, to make it about the rat because that's easier to solve. Well, of course, it will never be solved. But it's, but it's avoidance for maybe solving some of these other more fundamental issues with poverty that should be addressed. And as for the arrival of the rat, the brown rat is not the same as the black rat that was involved in the plague in Europe. The brown rat actually is indigenous to, to Central Asia, but at a certain point, that rat figured out that human trade routes were good places to find food. The rat had this idea of like, okay, let's tag along with humans and see what happens. And so the, the trade routes along the Silk Road is, is what originally brought the brown rat all throughout Central Asia and into Europe. And then, of course, it was, it was the ships leaving from Europe that then spread it across all the you know, colonial enterprises uh, throughout the world to those port cities and to those urban areas. So the arrival of the brown rat in New York, you know, has everything to do with New York being a, a port of trade. From the earliest then associations of rats hanging out with humans, rats have always been capitalist, I think. It's been about trade and exchange. What, it, what is our relationship to that rat? And are there an acoustics to that? You know, could I think of that relationship through sound or, or could I record that relationship somehow? Sound is not on the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Sound isn't, isn't a thing in, in and of itself. It's vibrations in air, in a space. We can hear a certain frequency range of those vibrations, you know, classically from 20 hertz up to 20 kilohertz. So that's vibrations at, at 20 times a second up to 20,000 times a second. That has to do just with, with the human apparatus for, for hearing. And of course, different people hear different amounts or not at all, depending on your body's facility. So we have these terms, infrasonic and ultrasonic, which are anthropocentric terms. Infrasonic just means sound lower than we can hear. And ultrasonic is sound above what we can hear. Rats have a different range of hearing. Somewhere in the hundreds of hertz is their lower range of hearing. And then it goes up to nearly 100 kilohertz. That's a much wider range than us, particularly in the higher registers. Now, microphones, of course, have been made with human hearing in mind. So most microphones throughout uh, the history of recording are really optimized for frequency ranges around the human voice. So an ultrasonic mic 
is something that's been designed to be able to go above that. What I needed to make recordings of rats was something that was, first of all, portable, something that could record for a long period of time, because I wanted to let this out for, you know, whether it's 24 hours or 48 hours. I'm not going to chase around a rat with a microphone. I want to hear them talking to themselves <laughs> when I'm not around. What I ended up doing was putting together a, a small computer, a Raspberry Pi computer is what they're, they're called, together with a battery pack, and that managed the recording and recorded the, the audio onto an SD card. In order to leave those electronics out, I put it all in a rat trap. Those little black boxes that you see everywhere all the time. And that's infrastructure that we ignore because we don't know what, want to know what's going on there. You know, whether it's poison or a rat carcass or, you know, something disgusting. Just like all things rat, uh, that's something we'd, we'd rather not pay conscious attention to. It's part of that kind of, you know, subliminal infrastructure of the city. So the rats didn't care so much. Uh, it was more, you know, about, about keeping it away from the humans. So I would put all this according equipment into a rat trap and then leave it out. And the rats would come out and have their conversations. And then that would be recorded onto the computer. I would then come and collect <laughs> that hardware. I had to learn what do rat vocalizations look like when you visualize the audio signal. Uh, in a way that you can see the, the shapes of the, the frequencies and the amplitude envelopes. Then I would take that signal, pitch it down, so that then I could listen to it. The material that I'm working with um, is the recording from the street, but now a way that, you know, we can hear it in some approximation of how, of how the rat does. What is it to become rat a little bit? What is it to, <laughs> what is it to hear things from their perspectives. Does that do something for us in considering what it is that the city actually is? You're hearing audio which is from the project called Urban Intonation. And for this work, I recorded rats at multiple sites on the streets of New York City with an ultrasonic microphone. And then resampled and pitch shifted those recordings into the range of the human voice and mixed it for playback over a human public address system. And that makes rat noise in public space something that's suddenly recognizable if not intelligible as speech. You know, what are the rats saying to each other? Are these merely vocalizations or can we call this speech? 
And I, I mean, I think I like leaving that as, as a question. To me, listening to them is very complex. It's sophisticated. It's talking about life in New York City. It's talking about experience and <laughs> aspiration and desire and feeling and all these things that, that we're talking about uh, in New York City as well. And of course, one of the really striking things with rats is that they laugh. So something that we hear in the audio is rat laughter. These sounds are something that are not all that foreign to the sounds that I can make. Um, you know, that kind of resonance, I think, is very powerful. This is like one of the hallmarks of human intelligence, or one of the things we pride ourselves on, is that, okay, we're the speaking animal, and other animals do not. That's maybe a little bit more of a continuum than, than a binary. All animals communicate. All animals are sensitive to each other and to other species in various ways. What gets to count as speech is, of course, a political issue. A non-speaking animal doesn't have rights in the way that, that a speaking animal, a.k.a. a human, does. Clearly, we have to rethink our relationships, our social relationships, among humans and, 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 and more than humans. Because the way we've conceived of individuality and society and interdependence in general, the terms are off. Because we're in a, in a system now that, that is unsustainable. I mean, the, the kind of neoliberal proliferation of, of a capital mindset, you know, is ultimately exploitative, uh, in, in this in this unsustainable way and and you know of course that's a that's a policy problem that's you know an economic problem that's a moral problem but it, it is a philosophical problem it is how do we position ourselves in relationship to to each other um, and how do we even you know understand understand you know the individual and the boundaries of self We accept by default that there's these divisions between ourselves and the non-human world, between nature and culture. And there's something to learn about ourselves when we realize that that's not always the case. As an artist, trying to complicate or destabilize the ways in which we're experiencing the world and, and get around some of the, the, the filters or assumptions or, you know, the basic terms that are in place that are maybe not working. Maybe that will do something, <laughs> you know, if nothing else, to, to try to bear witness to other truths and ways of being that are not captured in the predominant language about humans and environment and climate change and, you know, whatever else. I mean, that spiritual change has to be, you know, a deep one, like an embodied one. It's a weird one. And so the fact that sound can get inside us, can vibrate us in different ways, can address us on the level of affect, even before we know what emotion we're feeling, that's an opportunity. Hearing how the rats are communicating amongst themselves 
is a nice shift in perspective. Because they're inhabiting the city and navigating the city, and it's not, it's not always about us. Obviously, you know, humans have a, uh, an outsized influence, um, but, but they're, they're adapted to, to live with us. What is the soundscape of New York City? And that's what I, what I realized then that really fascinated me was that we make a lot of sound in the city and it makes it very hard for a lot of different animals to live in the city. But for a rat, this sound uh, is happening really at the, at the lower end of their, their frequency spectrum. The rat is hearing and talking, you know, above, above our range of hearing. It has its own sonic world. Um, and the city is, is, you know, sounds very different up there. Urban Intonation. This project wouldn't have been possible without the support of the Tao Center for Digital Journalism at Columbia University and also iBeam. The sauna scene is supported by Humanities New York, the NYU Center for the Humanities, and the NYU Graduate School of Arts and Science Music Department. Our production team is a collective of environmental humanities scholars and artists, including Elizabeth Fricke, Bailey Hilgren, Constantine Velasquez. Original music by Annie Garland, aka UCC Harlow. Mixing by Ewan Lai Tremuen. And voiceover by me, Elizabeth Geist. All proceeds from today's episode will be donated to Word Up Community Bookshop. If you would like to support this podcast, have an ecological story you'd like to share, or would like to learn more about the topics of today's episode, please visit our website at www.thesaunascene.com or check out our social media pages at The Saunascene. Thanks for listening. <laughs>